Welcome to the Nonprofit Voice Tech Series, a special edition of the Nonprofit Voice Podcast, hosted by Mark Becker, founding partner of Cathex's Partners and editorial advisory board member of Nonprofit Pro. In each episode of this monthly installment, Mark will have conversations with prominent nonprofit organizations and industry thought leaders to learn more about different technology offerings in the marketplace. Join us and together we will learn more about these innovative digital tools and how to navigate the rapidly evolving technology landscape. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, Mark Becker here, founding partner of Cathexis Partners. Today, I am joined with Karen uh, with Roswell and, and Russ with Grassroots Unwired. And we're going to talk about on-event stuff and all things um, uh, where it's kind of evolved from um, and where it's going and looking forward to this conversation. I think I say that every time, but this is especially a fun one because on-event, there's nothing like that that feel in the morning when the, the day's kicking off and people are showing up and everything's running around and something's going wrong and something's going really right and everything in between. But I uh, wanted to stop, start off by, um, uh, Russ, if you could first introduce yourself and uh, your role with uh, and your organization, what you all do, that'd be great. Sure, great. Thanks for having me on this. And um, my name is Russ Oster. I started Grassroots Unwired uh, in 2012, so about 10 years ago, um, and I uh, am currently the CEO, and um, we, uh, among other things, have a mobile software platform that peer-to-peer uh, uh, -peer events use on the day of their event to check in uh, participants, register new participants, sell swag, track rewards, um, pretty much anything that they would need to do on the day of the event. And we sync up with all the most popular peer-to-peer -peer CRMs, in this case with Karen and Roswell, it's TeamRaiser, um, so that uh, we can pick up where the uh, online peer-to-peer -peer tools leave off. And I think that's so important. And I, I was looking at your website again this morning, and, and that really resonated with me because that's always, back in the day, that always be like, okay, great, these online platforms are are do their thing for online fundraising and all that. But then you get to the day and you're in all these spreadsheet hell and all the stuff going on, right? Um, you're cobbling together different stuff. And I, I love the way that you put it on your website, like help take it across to the actual event and uh, keeping it all tied together. So well done. Looking forward to talking more about that. Karen, um, go ahead and introduce yourself and your role. Hi, this is Karen Sincati. I work with uh, Roswell Park Alliance Foundation. We uh, support a cancer center up here in Buffalo. And my role is on the technology and data side. I'm in charge of our websites and our online platform. So I set up our team raisers, registration forms, donation forms, and have become in charge of all our event technology. So that is how I've gotten involved with both Cathexis, but also uh, Grassroots and Russ and use their technology for all our event check-ins, which has transformed and, us. And we met initially, Karen, when you um, were looking for to move from the organization from Cantera uh, uh, Sphere to yep. Team Razor, right? Correct, correct. So How many years ago that? 2016, we launched Team Razor. So six years now, right? Six, well, right. yeah, so we started in 15. So that's our our history mark yes Jeez, yeah <laughs> nice and and russ i think we met somewhere around the same time maybe even maybe even before that somewhere in there as well 
Yeah, I think it was at a uh, a Blackboard conference, and um, yeah, we were just you know we have, we've been doing a lot of work with uh, political organizations and nonprofits doing fundraising, and we had just started to look at peer to peer events as a as That's kind right. of a next opportunity. That's right, and so Kintera, uh, you know, you've been you were on Kintera before, Karen, and and um, you know, been working with all this for a while. Um, tech has changed, hasn't it? Um, in fact, it wasn't there at all in some cases. <laughs> correct, correct. I think our first year with Grasswoods was 2019 or 2018. I can't remember exactly, but I think it was 2019. Um, yeah. Where we, you know, first were able to use the technology, but before that, and even during 2019, we used the old envelopes. You know, we, everybody, every writer, every participant had an envelope and however, um, you know, alphabetizing those, the stuffing of those envelopes, et cetera. That was what we were you doing before we moved on to this technology. So uh, it definitely has changed <laughs> from none to now having a tablet at every station. So that was the on, on, on event day of like, here's your, here's your bib and here's your info and all of that kind of, is that exactly. what we're talking about? So, right. So for our largest event, which is the ride for Roswell, um, we've have over 7,000 riders. And in the old days, we literally had an envelope for all those 7,000 riders that had to be alphabetized and they were constantly being updated because not everybody registers three weeks in advance. So every time somebody's registering, we're running more lists and more envelopes and putting them in order. Um, and then we also needed to know their fundraising because we had a fundraising minimum. And obviously, as soon as you print an envelope and a label, it's out of date because we're using an online platform. So it was just painful. And the amount of staff time that we had to use just to stuff those envelopes and um, just then at check in, you know, there was always a missing envelope always because it was just, you know, the envelopes got stuck together or they were missing because they were alphabetized wrong or somebody already gave away the wrong envelope. So it was just, it was just, just not an efficient process at all. And I believe yeah. we were actually at a BBCon with a, one of my coworkers and she's like, I just stopped at some booth that, that has a check-in that's integrated with <laughs> Teamraiser. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going over. <laughs> so that is uh why I love BBCon in person. So uh, maybe someday that'll come back. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of in yeah. person and all yeah. those things, it, it, it's just been a weird few years, right? Um, you know, yes. get, get tired of saying it, get tired of hearing it, but it has been, it's, that's the reality. But I mean, I just want to pause for a moment, be in awe of your numbers for Ride for Roswell, which just happened last month, right? Um, right. Yeah, seven thousand seven hundred eighty-eight riders, five million six hundred three thousand plus, and counting funds raised. Um, your goal, like you said, was five point two, right? Yes, um, yes. So, and drawing a dart at a board, kind of in this kind of year when you're coming back and things have shifted, virtual versus um, you know in person versus hybrid and all that. But right. managing those kind of numbers, seven thousand seven hundred eighty-eight riders. Cyclists are nuts. Right. I mean, yeah. in a good way, they're, right. <laughs> they're, they're right. hyper involved there. And that's a lot. So that's a lot of cash. Yeah. Right? So it, it is it, one, we were really, really happy with our results this year. And we didn't even know how the year would go, as you said, because it started out slow. 
which, uh, you know, registration opens in January, but we really weren't getting people to register until March or so. But I think people were just like, what's going to happen? I'm not going to sign up for something in June when the world is still burning. So, um, but things had calmed down for a bit and then people registered and the fundraising was great. Um, but it is 7,800 riders or so is how do you check all those people in? And we do start, we do not do it all the day of, we have three days of check-in Thursday, Friday, and then day of Saturday. And the majority of our riders do check in on that Thursday and Friday, Saturday for me is the, the actual event day is my easiest day because I have to be ready because I'm in charge of the check-in team. I have to be ready by Thursday morning and ready to go. So, um, but we have, um, one of the great things about the check-in process is that it's all on tablets. It's all connected to Team Razor. We're pulling up the information in the feed from Luminate is over the 4G and it's talking back and forth. It's getting updated fundraising dollars. It's getting updated riders, um, all of that. And so that just keeps it moving and there's no need for that information on labels that's instantly outdated. And then uh, the process of checking in a rider or registering them or taking on donations is super easy. I mean, we all, we all rely on our volunteers and I do like train them, you know, for the first 20 minutes or so. And then, you know, then they go off and there's a lot of older volunteers that I'm sure many other, you know, events also have to deal with. And you're a little worried and they're a little worried, but then they catch on. We always give them a buddy or they can work on it together. And we always have staff who have all used it for years. And so, you know, we're there for them to help, but then they love it and they sign up to come back next year. And it's become a very fun experience for them because they, it's so easy. And then they're like greeting the riders and giving them kudos when they're adding more donations and sending them on their way. So it's become a very uh, happy experience for the volunteers and the riders and it moves quickly. And it's funny that they set up the gym this year where we do our check-in with all these stanchions for lines and we never had a line. So, you know, beautiful. so so it was really, I mean, you know, we had eight stations with two volunteers each and we just move and move. And one of my favorite, while I'm talking about timing, one of my favorite reports after, after the event, Grassroots collects all this data, way too much data that you don't even most of the time probably need, Russ, but it's okay. We can deal with it. (laughs) Better too much. (laughs) Yeah, but they timestamp everything. So I can run a report and do a pivot table and a chart of when all my people are coming, when all the riders are coming. So I know for staffing that I Thursday morning is super busy and Friday afternoon is super busy. So I need to make sure I have enough volunteers for Thursday morning, Friday afternoon, hardly any on Saturday morning. So it's just like we've done this chart now for the last, well, when we have a normal event, we've done this chart and have been able to really pinpoint exactly when the people are coming. So, um, so that's been fun is to get all that data afterwards. And uh, we, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I said, one of the interesting things that, um, that you, you know, uh, helped us, create and I can get into, you know, how Karen really pushed us and to, to the technology to, you know, get to where it is, but is the, is the rider rewards and I'm just, um, I feel like that has a great impact on participants because 
you know, you want them to be appropriately recognized for the fundraising and being able to, you know, keep everything up to date and then have the rider rewards adjusted based on the fundraising numbers, you know, was a great kind yeah. of innovation that you pushed us to to create that helps the overall experience on the on during the pickup process. Yeah, that is actually another great thing that's helped us tremendously. So for the ride, just to explain, so we have our check-in, they check in and then they go to a whole other area to get their rewards. And again, it's a whole other staff, but there's, you know, t-shirts, water bottles, picnic blankets, or whatever it might be that year. And if they, you know, in the morning they were at a hundred dollars, but in the, after they come in and drop off their checks and cash, they're at 250. So they get a t-shirt that's going to be reflected on the tablets so that the reward team can all of a sudden click on that person and then see t-shirt or they can see t-shirt, water bottle, picnic blanket, whatever it might be based on the, the money that's automatically reflected from Luminate and in their drop off money. So that real time reporting is so important exactly. when you're trying to handle because otherwise, I mean, there's nothing more important at that moment for those fundraisers than to be acknowledged and to be able to pick up the right level of what they believe they've achieved and have exactly. Achieved. And we're actually, um, for this year, for the ride, if you could ride your own way or your virtual rider, that that you could have till the end of July to fundraise. And so now we're going to, we held on to a few tablets. So then in August, we're going to have a rider reward pickup, like an additional pickup day. And we're still using the tablets to, to redeem those rewards for our virtual riders. Just kind of curious, um, you know, I see a lot of these kind of events and the, the separate day check-ins are sometimes kind of hard to get people to come out to. It doesn't sound like that's an issue for you. Are you throwing other entertainment around us like pasta dinners or anything like that? Or is it pretty much just come in, check in and everybody's kind of local and it's it, they're happy to get the incentives and, you know. Primarily, primarily the later there's no um, special events except for Friday night, which is what we call our celebration of hope. So there's a, we have a ceremony and kind of kickoff ride weekend. So that's why it is large uh, people coming in on that Friday afternoon, but Thursday morning, um, the biggest people coming in are team captains. We set up a team check-in area, team captain check-in area, and we try to get them to come with a list of all their team players and their t-shirt sizes and everything. So then they go to the team check-in area and basically it's almost like a one-stop shop for those team captains. So Thursday morning is those really passionate people plus team captains primarily. There are people that are just so excited about the weekend. They have to come early. So, you know, I don't know if they think they're going to get a, a, an earlier bid number or something, but, <laughs> <laughs> or if they're, you so, but that's the, those are your passion. Do you have kind of numbers on, you know, are your riders mainly local or do you have, is it a destination for some folks? It's primarily local for sure. Mm -hmm. And, and I think my, you're right that most of the people, the out of towners are probably coming Saturday morning, but most of the locals and, you know, we're not, we're not in a city where it's hard to get around. So, uh, you know, even if you're in the South towns versus the North towns, you can pretty much get to the destination within 20, 25 minutes. Got it. So, I mean, yeah, great, great summary overall. I mean, I think, you know, Russ, you need to have Karen be one of your, your spokesperson because uh, <laughs> she described that well or what, but, um, yeah. you know, anything else to add about how you help 
them kind of go from envelopes to, you know, real time incentives to being awarded to the right people? Yeah, you know, it's interesting when when we met at the conference and, you know, uh, we were discussing internally afterward and the thought was, oh, a, a nice little group from Buffalo, you know, it'll be a great way to kind of, you know, kick the tires on the on the on this app which we're just rolling out and and kind of getting used to and we really had no background into peer-to-peer events we kind of stumbled into it as as a use case so you know uh you know little do we know when we followed up afterward that you know it's it's the bike race you know and it's over over seven thousand participants and it went from you know, we really got to step up as opposed to, you know, there'll be a nice little, you know, proof point to point to. And, um, but it was, it was a great opportunity because, you know, at this point we can say we provide a solution to Roswell and that pretty much answers any question as to whether we can handle any other type of bike event, you know, because there's very few that are as big and as organized as, as the Roswell one. And coming to us with the concept of the envelopes and everything, you know, I think it was actually, they clearly had a process. And so it was much easier for, you know, they were organized and they had a process and it was much easier to translate that to the technology than if they just said, well, we just print out Excel spreadsheets and check people off as they come in and, you know, pass around the spreadsheets and, you know, it, a, a controlled structured environment, even if it's low tech, it makes it a lot easier to transform to technology than a chaotic, you know, haphazard approach where, you know, there's no routine that we're trying to replicate. So that was, you know, a huge advantage as far as we were concerned. And then just in general, you know, my philosophy was, you know, if Karen says she needs this, then everybody else is going to need it. So the the platform has undertaken some incredible uh, uh, improvements over the last couple of years. And it's, you know, pretty much because, you know, she tells us what they do and how they do it and how our technology can be adapted to do it. We figure out a way to build it and, you know, and, and it works. So, you know, from the writer rewards pickups to, um, you know, some of the, um, the integration pieces with team razor and the reporting out at the end and things like that, it's all been an evolution. And um, I think, you know, we're, you know, we know we're never going to be done, done. And because there's always going to be tweaks. And, but again, if it's coming from Karen and Roswell, then it's pretty safe bet that it's going to be something that anybody in the peer to peer world could benefit from at some point. Oh, exactly. And knowing Karen, if she hasn't already emailed you, I'm sure sure she already has some ideas on some additional features she wants for next season. Right. I think I heard he might be getting a new UI designer and I said, I'd be happy to work with him. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Continuous innovation, right? Yeah. And I will say too, uh, which has been great. They do, you know, take my input, but um, just, you know, we use the events, we use the software and the tablet for multiple events, but each one's a little different. You know, the ride, we assign bib numbers, ESR, we already have bib numbers. Um, ESR, we had to add a question this year about whether or not you have proof of vaccine or you have a negative test. So we added a question like that. So it's part of our check-in process. 
So they're also, they have ways to adapt to the different events. Um, so, cause they're not all the same, you know, every event mm-hmm. is a little different. That's important. And, and also your platform agnostic, right? Russ. So you can, right. you know, regardless of what platform CRM peer to peer advocacy tool, cause you also do advocacy, right. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of you have API integrations to get the data where it needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. As long as we have a willing partner on the other end, we're, we're integrating. Yeah. Ready to shake hands. I like it. Well, good stuff. I mean, I could talk about this all all day, Um, (laughs) but uh, I'm sure Karen has other, you have another thing. You have another event coming up this weekend, right, Karen? Uh, Yeah, we have two. We have a one day ride on Saturday and then Sunday starts our seven day week long ride. So um, the tablet's are in process of getting there and doing our final checks on everything. And yeah, our logistics emails going out today and Saturday or whatever day. So yes. <laughs> the one day event last year was the first time you had it, right? Correct. So Correct. obviously it went well enough that they brought it back for. Yes. Yes. It's still a small event for us. Um, but um, it, yeah, it was, it's definitely a, a beautiful event at that Oyster Bay. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like it. All right. Well, as we wrap up here, any final thoughts, lessons learned from the trenches, uh, things uh, that you're seeing in the, you know, moving forward, any kind of final thoughts? I'll let Karen, I'll let you, you kick that off. Well, the one thing, you know, the, the one thing we see, we can look back at many and many of our rides, you know, obviously more and more people are getting in all their donations online and less and less people are bringing in checks and cash. And so like we used to have a quote money room for our event check-in days to count all the money. And now we used to have like 10 people. Now it's down to like two people. So, you know, I mean, it's great though, because we want them to do online fundraising. That's what this is all about. It's an online platform. So, um, but at the same time, we can still take that money in, which is super helpful. So no, I mean, um, we, you know, we can, we know exactly how many people checked in. We had 86% of our riders check in before we'd have to count envelopes. So, you know, there's, again, that's the data. We get to see that data after the fact, which really makes a difference in our planning purposes. That's great. How about you, Russ? Um, yeah, I think, you know, as the the world gets back to normal or some semblance of normal and, and there's more and more events, I think, um, you know, that technology can really play a part in making those events a better experience for the volunteers who you want to come back every year uh, to the participants, obviously, who don't want to stand in line ultimately. And then, you know, for the organization itself, there's there's just a lot of intangible savings that you might not think of, you know, in terms of the post-event type of work and things like that, that, um, you know, really make uh, technology a, a worthwhile uh, investment in the day of the event. And, um, you know, I think, um, um, you know, there's, again, flexibility is the key and just being making sure that, you know, there's there's workarounds and ways to to do uh, what you need to do to make the event successful. Keep thinking smarter, not not working harder, right? I like yeah. it. One quick comment I was going to make, Mark, which I tell my volunteers: this is their first uh, when a rider comes to check in. That's their first interaction with us, and you know we want to make sure the weekend and the event 
gives them a happy smile on their face from beginning to, to the, through the whole ride. And so that's what also by having the technology run so smoothly, it makes the experience start off on the right foot. So that's like, I tell that to the staff that work with me and the volunteers, like this is an important part of their journey and their event time. So um, it really makes it seamless. That's a great point. All right. Well, congrats again on, on the ride and good luck uh, again on this weekend and next week. So uh, thanks so much for joining me and uh, yeah. See you out there in the fields. <laughs> thanks. And thanks, Russ. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Nonprofit Voice. You can listen to more episodes of The Nonprofit Voice at nonprofitpro.com slash podcast slash the hyphen nonprofit hyphen voice. And remember, for your convenience, you can stream any and all episodes of The Nonprofit Voice on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify.